T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current one, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. All right, uh, we're rocketing out onto the NFL field with one of the best in the business. He is the executive editor of Pro Football Weekly, sideline reporter for Westwood One, and our NFL insider for our Odyssey station in Chicago. The score, buddy Hub Arcus joins us. Hub, it's been about six weeks. I haven't gone six weeks without talking to you in a while. How's life? Everything is good, Jody. We are through the madness of the draft and the uh... You know, most of free agency, obviously, free agency will linger on right up until we're into training camps. As a matter of fact, there's another wave coming post-June 1. I, I think most of your listeners, or at least the ones who follow the game closely, know that each team, for salary cap reasons, can designate two cuts as post-June 1 prior to June 1. Right. But teams with cap issues have more need have more needs than that. And so, you know, come June first, June second, we're gonna see some more pretty good football players become cap casualties. But other than that, you know, things have calmed down a little bit and now we're just getting ready to make the rounds of some of the OTAs and mini camps. All right, let me ask you about a cap casualty guy. I didn't know you were gonna go there, but this segues into my one of the questions I was gonna ask. James Bradbury. The Giants had to release him. They signed him two years ago. He's played pretty damn good football for him. was great his first year, not as good last year, but still I think one of the better corners in the league, and he gets onto the market late because the Giants held on to him and then did what they had to do, and uh, that means releasing him. How good a cornerback is he these days? How many teams do you think are in play for him? Can he make a big deal for someone this year? You know, Jody, I, I think he is good, maybe very good. I don't know that he's a great corner. I don't think you'd call him a lockdown cover corner, but every team needs cornerbacks. I don't care who they have or how many they have. Uh, it's kind of like quarterback and wide receiver and edge rusher, cornerback. Those are the four positions in today's NFL. Uh, that there isn't a team out there that there's a really good one at the right price. They're not going to jump on them. Uh, I think in, in this case for Bradbury, on one hand, with the new regime, the fresh start for the Giants, they've done some interesting things. Is it disappointing to not continue to be part of it? Maybe, maybe not at the same time. Um, he may not get paid uh, on average per year, 
what the Giants owe him. That's how you become a cap casualty. Owed him, I should say. Um, but uh, he's going to get paid well. And I think that it's probably going to be taking a little time now for him and his agent to peruse who's out there. They're going to look at the contenders. They're going to look at the playoff teams. Then they'll start to look at the offers. And I don't think it'll happen for a week or two unless somebody puts a big dollar offer on the table. But he's going to come out of this just fine. And I suspect he's going to end up with a playoff contender. One year, make good deal, and then go back out into the market again the year after. But he'll get a nice payoff for this one year. I think he's one of the ten best cornerbacks in the league. All right, do want to ask about your hometown squad. You work out of Chicago and are our insider on the score there. Uh, you know I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I thought he landed nicely with the, the Bears where he did and had a chance to have a uh, nice career going forward. Year one, played like a rookie, but then again, Trevor Lawrence did too. So uh, And uh, Wilson with the Jets. A lot of guys had uh, tough rookie seasons at quarterback this past year. The Bears this offseason changed out the coach, changed out the general manager, so a new direction, but the direction hasn't been helping Justin Fields. Uh, you know it every day. I'm judging it from afar. What the hell have the Bears done to make themselves a better team in year two of Justin Fields' era? Well, you know, Jody, first of all, you're right. They haven't done anything to get better. As a matter of fact, they, they've gone out of their way to get worse, but not because they want to be worse, not because they're tanking. You've got a new regime. They took over a middle-aged to aging team, particularly with its best football players, and a young quarterback coming off an awful rookie year, and they have the opportunity to do a complete rebuild. It's not a tank. They're not trying to get the first overall pick next year, but they're trying to get young and get more talented. But in the in the, in the interim, what they've done is they've moved on from Khalil Mack and and, and you know Danny Trevathan and, and Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols and James Daniels and Allen Robinson. We're talking about six of the nine or ten best players on the football team, right. and the guys they've replaced them with are these these young veterans. Uh, from other clubs that, that have some upside. Nicholas Morrow is really interesting, paired with Roquan Smith. Uh, you know, certainly Justin Jones, uh, Al-Qasim Muhammad, Kadeem Muhammad, I should say. Uh, you know, it was interesting. They seem to be focused more on defense than offense, but offensively, um, they've done nothing but day three draft picks to strengthen the offensive line, unless you want to count Lucas Patrick, who they signed away from the Packers, who's going to play center, but isn't necessarily an upgrade over the center they had, and Sam Mustafer, and certainly isn't the equal of James Daniels, the guard-center combo who left in free agency. And then at wide receiver, it's really puzzling because that's where Fields needs the most help. I mean, give yep. this kid a security blanket. Give him some targets he can trust. And when you bring in you know, Byron Pringle and, and Equinemius St. Brown and Tajay Sharp and, and Dante Pettis, these are other teams' failed third and fourth receivers. And, and you know, you've lost Allen Robinson. So that's the part that has people in Chicago – concerned you know is fields going to have the weapons around him to, to to take another step it's going to be another system you know hopefully luke getsy's system is better than matt Nagy's. that's another thing that people assume but isn't necessarily true so um the bears are starting a complete rebuild and and so there is logic to what they're doing but i don't see any way that they're going to be as good as the 6 and 11 team from last year at least not in the first half of the season and probably not all year Bear fans are going to have to have patience with the team and with the quarterback who isn't being given much arsenal to work with. If they've got it, then they may actually hit gold down the road. But it may make it it's very difficult for Fields and, and Bear fans this season. All right, haven't had Jan since the draft. Uh, everyone's talked about the quarterback position. Only one goes in the first round, a couple more in the third. The uh, uh, weakest draft we've had in quite some time. We'll move past that. 
where was the strength of the draft? We know where guys were taken. Do you think that it was accurate? A lot of wide receivers in the first round. Edge rusher seems to be a good position. Did you believe that before the draft? Do you believe that with where the guys fell? Where is the strength of this draft? Well, we felt going in, Jody, that the strengths of this draft were at wide receiver, edge rusher, safety. Um, uh, you know, corner is always deep, not as deep as it's been in prior years. Uh, unusually strong at safety, but but certainly the top two positions we thought were wide receiver and edge rusher, and that was proven out by the way they were drafted. And I usually look at the first two days, first three rounds, because a lot of good football players, uh, you know, really good football players fall into the second and third round. So that was what it looked like going in, and based on the players that teams took, uh, you know, we have to assume that that is the strength of this draft, and that's where the you know the future stars are coming from. I, I'll just tell you quickly as far as the quarterbacks. I thought there was only one that wasn't drafted where he should have been, and that was Kenny Pickett, who went in the first round because he wasn't a true first round prospect. So, <laughs> you know, I thought the quarterbacks fell exactly where they belonged, and that doesn't mean they can't become good NFL players. You know, Russell Wilson was a third round pick, um, so we'll see. Uh, but based on their college careers, that's why they lasted as long as they did. Agreed. I thought it was a weak college uh, draft class for quarterbacks, and it certainly showed out. I'll root for the guys. We'll see how they do. Wasn't as good as the previous years, and those guys all struggled, so I'm not sure any rookie's going to be able to step up and uh, stamp himself as a player right here in year number one. All right. Uh, the NFL had its big schedule reveal day the other day. They are great at making something out of uh, nothing, a.k.a. a spreadsheet, uh, to get an entire day of broadcasting out of it. We already knew who was playing who. We knew where they were going to be playing. We just didn't know when. Was there anything that jumped out to you and you said, ooh, this, this could have an impact on uh, divisional winners, on television coverage? Was there anything that you saw when you found out each team schedule that you said, all right, this is actually something that can have an impact? You know, I, to be honest with you, Jody, I don't, I mean, I, I looked at it and studied it like everybody else. I just don't take it that seriously because if we've learned anything about the NFL, uh, you know, not for long, uh, it, it's just, it's historical fact that half the teams that were in the playoffs last year aren't going to be this year. You know, I mean, if it's not half, it's going to be five or seven or eight. Um, and so you're looking at five, six, seven or eight teams that you look at the schedule and you go, oh my God, they got to play these playoff teams. And those are going to be, you know, uh, whatever, seven and, uh, you know, ten teams. Uh, on the flip side, there's going to be five or six new playoff teams that look like soft spots on the schedule right now that by the time you get to week three, week five, week seven, these games look totally different. And as you said, we knew who the opponents were anyway. So I think what you'll look for is any unusual scheduling flukes. Uh, we were talking about the Bears a few minutes ago. They had a really strange thing happen last year and that they did not play two consecutive home or road games all year. They all every week you know no plus or minus that was just interesting um i know because i am based in chicago and covering them a little closer the bears have a stretch of five road games in seven weeks after the first two that's tough you know but they're not gonna be competing with anybody anyway so you know you look at the marquee games did we get them where we want them i think buffalo at the rams and the, and the thursday night opener is brilliant that's exactly what should be uh, I am curious as to why, you know, we've had Monday night double headers on the opening weekend for seems like quite a while now, and they went away from that this year. I guess there's a reason for that. And, uh, you know, I guess, again, what's interesting is you look at some of the streaming commitments now with, you know, Amazon getting games and Apple and which games do they give them, you know, as these things come along. That's interesting with the schedule reveal, but does it have any impact on the outcome of the season? That There's nothing I see here 
uh, you know, at least as you say, that we didn't already know because we knew who the opponents were, that that really should change anybody's thinking about any of these games. Since you went to the broadcast, let me follow up there. Does the, the announcement that came down this week about Tom Brady becoming the lead announcer at Fox guaranteed that this is his last season, seeing as if he stays around for another year, he'll actually have to take a massive pay cut, that he's going to be making that much more money to sit in a broadcast booth than he is actually going out and winning Super Bowls. Is this the fond farewell for Brady a given now for this 2022 season? I think it's likely but not guaranteed, Jody. I, I mean, they were very clear in the statement that this contract is for whenever he decides to retire and that they're not going to be pushing him to get to the booth uh, after this year. Uh, you know, it, it is an absurd amount of money for a guy who's never been in a broadcast booth, but he is Tom Brady, and I think we can assume he's going to do a really nice job. Um, it, it does leave the network uh, in, in an interesting spot, and in, in that I think they're probably assuming he'll be there next year. Who do you put in there this year? <laughs> and then what do you tell that guy next year? You know, we're, we're hearing rumblings that it's going to be Greg Olson because he was a, an instant star last year as a rookie. Um, but, but how does that work? Then, then does Olson go to number two automatically and do you have to overpay him to get him to do it? So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's puzzling, but it's not surprising. And with Brady, I, you know, this reminds me of the Brett Favre retirement uh, uh, circuit. It lasted, what, four years or three years? Um, and he was great up until he wasn't, and that's when he decided to hang him up. So I would think if Brady is competitive for, for all pro or, or you know, MVP again this year, he got, what, 16 MVP votes, then he could very well come back again next year. I think it's probably just a question of how competitive they are and how well he plays and, and what happens to the competitive juices, because that's what drives this guy. It's not the money. It's the ability to compete. One more Brady question. Uh, I know you've researched this for your publication, your TV, your television, your radio work. Um, the whole Brady to Miami thing, that we know he's tight with the owner and that they were going to try and work a deal to get him there. Uh, Tampa kind of put the kibosh on that. If he's going to play, he's going to play for us. He's not playing for anybody else. How close do you think that actually came to happening? I can't honestly say, Jody. I mean, there's enough smoke there that, that, that I think people assume there was at least a brush fire, if not the real thing. Um, at the same time, almost none of this has really been confirmed. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I suspect that, it, I don't think it's pure conjecture. I, you know, the interesting piece to me, which ties into the, to the Flores, you know, uh, uh, lawsuit uh, against the league is that they're claiming or, or I should say that, that uh, Flores claimed that the owner, Stephen Ross, tried to get him to solicit a player who was not available and it would have been tampering. Well, now it seems that they must have been talking about Tom Brady. I think he even said a quarterback, and so obviously it was Tom Brady. So, you know, the, the fact that the, that the owner may have been tampering and trying to get Brady to play there um, is one thing and seems kind of likely now. You know, whether it was part of this broader conspiracy for him to become a part owner and to bring Sean Payton with him and all that, um, I don't know. You know, because, again, I don't think the Saints – I mean, imagine what were the Dolphins going to give up to make this work? Because Brady was not a free agent, neither was Payton. And so if they were able to make it work, you know, both organizations were going to demand multiple first-round picks. So I don't really see how this was doable and, and I don't know that Ross is the best or the worst owner in the league, but they got to have somebody in that front office who understands the rules. So I don't know how they ever could have made it work, even though it might have sounded like it was a good idea. 
All right. That's one thing I didn't understand and don't know if we'll ever find out. Maybe in a book 10 years from now we'll find out some of the details and don't even know if we'll believe it then. I got to ask you about one more thing that I don't understand. And if I saw the gentleman today, I don't know if I would shake his hand or slap him upside the head. This offseason, we've seen Devontae Adams get traded and sign an immediate extension at record-setting numbers. And then Tyreek Hill gets traded and immediately signs a record extension. And A.J. Brown, right before the draft, ends up as a Philadelphia Eagle. He goes to $25 million per year. It just uh, the, the new way of the world in the NFL, superstar wide receivers get paid in uh, unbelievable new numbers. Cooper Cup was the best wide receiver in the National Football League last year. And between you and I, it wasn't really close. He, this year during the offseason, have said, well, we'll get around to it when we get around to it. What is he doing? Is he just that good a team guy that he's going to do what's best for the team? Or is he missing out on a massive opportunity here? There are trends in the National Football League, and the trend this offseason was star receivers get paid new mega bucks. Why isn't Cooper uh, Cup cashing in? Well, you know, Jody, it is a fair question, and I suspect he will. You know, I don't think that ship has sailed, although the way the Rams manage their salary cap and trade away draft picks, they leave themselves in a tougher spot. Um, let's not forget that the Cup has already had two contracts, and the second one was fairly lucrative. He is the ultimate team guy. He is a, a deeply religious guy. He believes in... Uh, and I'm not saying any of the others don't believe in, in, in you know, religion and integrity and all that. Um, but, but Cup has actually made some comments to say, you know, how much money is enough? And, and, you know, we're set for life. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for another contract and get what I can. But, uh, it's more important to me that I give the team leverage and room to win. Um, that was not the case in, in Hill. And, and, uh, and Adams because they were traded. You know, they, they weren't worried about the, the new team, the team that wanted them salary cap. Uh, they had no allegiance there. And, you know, the other thing that's interesting is, is that A.J. Brown's the one that sticks out because in the case of Hill and Adams, this does make sense. When you look at the first round draft capital these teams got and the cap relief and the fact that these guys are hitting 29 and 30 respectively, which historically is where these receivers lose at least a quarter of a step, if not half a step. Cup, I want to say, is still 27 or 28, so he's got a year or two to work with this. But A.J. Brown, at 25 years old, uh, you know, and I understand the Titans said it was strictly because of the cap and they were unhappy about it, but still, this guy's just coming into his own. You know, you can't assume that you're going to automatically replace him with the guy you drafted to replace him. And, and so um, uh, that's the one I don't understand. But as far as Cooper Cup, Jody, he has said, you know, he, he wants to get paid like everybody else, but it's more important to him that the team have a chance to, to defend their Super Bowl title and for him to get a new contract right now. And that's just the kind of guy he is. We don't have enough guys like that in sports in general. You and I talk NFL, but sports in general, very few take that attitude uh, with them that I'll, I'll get mine when we get around to it, when everybody else is stepping up immediately to get paid. Uh, God bless Cooper Cup. God bless Marcus as well. Whenever I ask him, he comes on and gives me the NFL insight I need. You've done so again today, my friend. Thank you very much. I'll get back with you down the road. All right, Jody. Take care, buddy.
Habarkis, the executive editor of Pro Football Weekly, sideline reporter for Westwood One and insider for The Score in Chicago. All right, Jody Mack coming back. Football's in the mix, as has been basketball and hockey and baseball all day. We even did a little horse racing. Uh, We can go a couple of different ways on the phones uh, from now to the end of the show. Hit me up at 855-212-4227. Jody Mack with you on CBS Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.